0: Hi, everyone. Welcome or welcome back to the podcast. I'm trying to make this as chill as I can to warm you up to the podcast because I recognize that I do not currently have a nice, fun little intro. And I'm trying to get back on that. But I have to be honest with you, through all of the different intros I've had over the years, not one of them fails to embarrass me when I listen back to it. It's just so cringe. Like, the music, the little script that you can tell I'm reading, none of it flows, none of it feels right, none of it feels very genuine, you know what I mean? So that's why for the past several episodes, I've just kind of been sitting here, you know, blaring through your ears without any kind of intro, like, hey, welcome, what's going on? and you've just been having to deal with it. So first of all, thank you for dealing with that and for still listening to me. I appreciate you. But secondly, I just want you to know that I am putting in the work to try and find a better solution so that this isn't how you have to hear me start every episode forevermore. So that said, if anyone has suggestions for ways to make an actual Interesting intro that isn't cringy, please let me know. Or better yet, if you'd like to submit an audition of yourself giving an intro to the show, that would be beautiful because that means less work on me. And I actually would be very interested to know how other people would describe this show. So that would selfishly be very entertaining for me as well. Feel free to uh, send them my way. DMs are open always and uh if i like your suggestion i may compensate you in some form i don't know how but uh yeah that's not motivating at all but if if you want to do it for fun please do and i promise i will listen okay i'm <laughs> see how do i move forward from this i can't if i had an intro this would be no problem i would just Start out like, hey, today's episode is about this, but now I have to awkwardly transition myself into the episode without having the intro to transition myself for me. You know what I mean? These are the joys of making a podcast. It is very difficult, but to the best of my abilities, I shall now transition us to the actual topic of today's episode, which is the truth behind work-life balance I can just imagine everyone rolling their eyes right now, because let's be real, we all hear this concept, work-life balance, probably 10 times a day at this point. And if you feel the way I do about it, you are tired of hearing about it. And this is coming from someone who really likes work-life balance and really values that as a part of my job. And yet it's also super annoying because everyone always talks about it. Everyone always talks about it in the same way, and yet it seems like, from my experience and from the people I talk to, many of us are struggling with work-life balance more than we ever have. So it's just interesting to me how it's one of the biggest topics of conversation in today's work environment, and yet so many people are struggling to find it. it just, you know, makes me think maybe something's wrong with the conversation we're having. And that's why I'm here today, my friends, to offer a bit of a different perspective on what I've found work-life balance to really be and how I'm trying to really cultivate it in my life. Now, before I get into any of that, I just want to set the scene for what type of person I am, in case you don't know. I am someone who has historically really really struggled with finding work-life balance, specifically in an academic setting. And work-life balance was something I was really committed to finding as soon as I entered the working world after I graduated. It was something I really looked for in my company, in my job. I really wanted to be somewhere that valued that. And honestly, at that time, I still didn't really even know what work-life balance encompassed and how companies were viewing it, but anytime I saw something say, oh, we offer great work-life balance, I was like, okay, sold. That's what I need, because I knew that I had spent way too many years as a slave to my work, and it had pretty much destroyed me, and I was not going to let that continue happening when I started working. Long story short, I ended up with a job somehow miraculously got a job, started a job, and then I was faced with the actuality of this concept. What is work-life balance and how do I actually implement it into my life? It was very hard for me. I'm not going to lie. As someone who habitually is very into the work that I'm doing and just lets it eat away at me, whether I like it or not, It was hard for me to kind of turn that part of my brain off and be able to enjoy a life outside of the work that I was doing. I will say that at the beginning of my career, I was able to do so pretty well, but not because I had work-life balance. It was because I was filling my time outside of work with more work, which at the time I was like, oh yeah, I totally have balance. You know, I'm not working 12 hours a day at this job yet. I was working 12 hours a day just at like three jobs instead of one. So that was a terrible argument. But I thought at the time, like, okay, this is, this is fine. Like, I'm using different parts of my brain. I'm not thinking about the same things all day, every day. I'm not at my laptop all the time. Like, this is good. Obviously, I got burnt out from that very quickly. I still think it was better than being at school because I was at least... Getting paid for all the work that I was doing, which let's be real, that makes a big difference. So I was doing all right, but got burnt out. At the beginning of this year, I was like, okay, we need to cut some things out because I see myself going down this this spiral again, and I don't want to get there again, where my only option is to dig myself out of the mess I've put myself in. So I kind of got rid of my second and third job and I started focusing my time outside of work on actual hobbies. And even though I was not being compensated for those hobbies, they definitely were better for my mental health. And I was able to find what some may call more balance. And I could go into detail on what all those hobbies have been, but I don't really think that's the point right now that I'm trying to make. What I'm trying to say is that I was able to find work-life balance in, you know, the generic sense until I wasn't. And I know, so dramatic. But a few months ago, I found myself once again in a similar situation of falling down the rabbit hole of being consumed by my work. And a lot of times I feel guilty talking about this because I think with the work that I do, like my work is not changing the world. It is not saving lives. And many people think that it's probably an easy job that like, I just have it really easy compared to so many other people. And I agree. I think that's very true. Okay. Like my job is definitely not stressful compared to so many people in the world. But what I have recognized is that just my tendency to Overcome by my work, like that's hard enough. It doesn't matter how difficult the work is. It doesn't matter how stressful the work is on the surface in terms of the quantity of work, the number of hours I have to work every day. Like all of that doesn't really matter when you're the kind of person who just is going to be consumed by work, no matter what it is. And so I felt myself getting back to that habitual place, really, of feeling so consumed by what I was doing. I do think part of it was actually my workload increasing and just the nature of the role I'm in right now. But a lot of it was just me, you know, being typical me and getting stressed out and overwhelmed by all the work uh, that I did or did not have. It was just the feeling more than anything that made me feel a lack of of work-life balance. So at the risk of sounding depressing, I will just say, It has been kind of going downhill for the past few months until now, okay? I feel like I've just kind of had a revelation over the past week or so of just how I really want to be viewing my job and everything else I have going on in my life. And that's why I'm hopping on here today to share that with you but also still be real about the fact that like, no, I don't have it all figured out. And this is coming from someone who is currently trying to get out of the trenches of feeling a lack of balance. So it's not coming from someone who has figured it all out. I definitely have gone through my periods of having more balance, but even then, it's a very ebb and flow type of process. And I just want to be speaking from that that genuine perspective rather than the perspective of someone who has perfected it. Because I don't know. I feel like when we hear about this concept of work-life balance... It always feels like the people who are talking about it just have never struggled with work-life balance in their life, or that it's just some easy thing that we all should be able to achieve without any thought. And like, let's be real. That is not true. And I think we all know that's not true. And that's why a lot of us are still sitting here struggling with it, because we're not actually being given the real raw truth and tips that will actually help us find it. So, Let's get into kind of what I've learned. That's just a very high-level overview of my experience, but I don't want to just talk about myself this whole podcast. I know that's literally what a podcast is, but it always makes me uncomfortable, so we're getting into the tips right now. Uh, But first, let's let's get back to this idea of what work-life balance is. I think this is the number one revelation I've had recently, is just that work-life balance is not necessarily just limited to work and the physical work that we're doing every day. I think it's become very generalized and people just kind of view it as that, like anything that means work is work and anything that's not work is, you know, you living your life outside of work and having work-life balance. But in reality, at least in my experience, I have seen work-life balance to not only be not working all the time. But work-life balance to me also means not thinking about work all the time. It means not talking about work all the time with other people. It means not checking my work apps on my phone all the time, aka outside of work before I go to bed right when I wake up 24-7, okay? That one has been really big for me lately, something I've struggled with, and I really don't know why because it's not like anyone's trying to reach me, okay? (laughs) Like, again, I'm not saving lives here. I don't have this super important job, so I think I'd be okay to log off when I'm supposed to log off and not log back in until the next morning, but here I am getting sucked into the trap of just like constantly opening Teams or Outlook on my phone out of habit just to make sure no one needs me you know so that's a big one for me (laughs) but bottom line is that work-life balance in my eyes has become more about like how i'm responding to work and not just the work itself that i'm doing and the number of hours i'm sitting at my laptop and the quantity of work that i'm getting out there every day there's a lot more to it and to break this down a little bit further i've really seen work-life balance become two distinct concepts. One, of course, is like that general sense of the term, the things you actually do in your life outside of work, how you usually, you know, use your time outside of work. But the other part of it that really goes with those facets I just mentioned is what you actually think and what your mindset is like outside of work. Because even if you're not physically working, if you're constantly thinking about work, if your mindset is constantly on work, then you really don't have work-life balance at all. And that's something that I've been really trying to catch myself in because it's not something I used to think about at all. And I thought as long as I wasn't on my laptop working, I was doing a good job of having that work-life balance. So I want to dive into each of these concepts a little bit more the thinking piece and the doing piece. But I want to start with that thinking piece, because like I said, that's really been the big takeaway I've had recently is how much of an impact your thoughts have on your ability to find work-life balance. I want to start by sharing this quote little piece of advice that I heard once, probably on TikTok or something, I don't remember where, so apologies if you were the one who coined this, and I just don't know who you are, but I heard someone say that you should never waste your mental energy on work when you're not actually on the clock, because if you're stressing out about work, if you're thinking about work at all, that is work in itself, and you deserve to be compensated for those thoughts, for that stress, for that time that you're putting in to work. Even if it's not physical work, you are working in your mind on work. And if you're not actually there at the office or on your computer and you're not getting paid in that moment, then you need to let those thoughts go because you don't, you don't they don't deserve for you to be thinking about that when you're not getting paid for it this is obviously a very dramatic concept and obviously much easier said than actually lived out. But I think the premise of it is really true. And it's something that I've actually been trying to catch myself in more frequently. It's kind of fun sometimes to just catch myself when I'm, you know, thinking about work, and I'm not at work. It's like, wait a second. I'm not getting paid to think about this right now. Why am I wasting my time? If they're not going to give me more money to sit here and stress out about the work I have to do, then no. There are so many other ways that I can be spending my my time and my mental energy right now. So it is kind of like a fun little game. If you haven't played that one before, <laughs> highly recommend. It might, well, if you're healthy, it's Gonna be fine, but if you have an unhealthy relationship to work, <laughs> it uh it might it it might humble you a little bit more than you already have been humbled. So that's a fun one. Um, but I lead with that quote because again, I find it really powerful in helping us realize how much we're actually thinking about work and how much energy we're actually giving it outside of the work we're doing itself. I think. Something that I've realized alongside this quote is that the work you do and the people you're working with, none of it really cares about you as much as you care about it. The system of work, corporate world, whatever you work in, it's going to be in place no matter if you're there or not. It's going to continue operating like it always has. There will be work present and available to you whether or not you show up and do it or someone else does it the people around you who you're working with you might love them and I you know I'm not saying anyone's a bad person at work but ultimately everyone's at work to serve their own self-interest like people are there to get paid people are there to do the things that they've been asked to do by their managers and you know everyone's just looking out for themselves at the end of the day. So if you're spending all of your time so stressed out about what you have to do at work, what people at work think about you, you know, how the system runs, like it can be as big or as small as you want it to be, but any energy that you're putting stressing toward all of those factors is kind of pointless because those are all things that at the end of the day, you can't control. You can't control the corporate system. You can't control the people you work with. You can't control the work that exists. I mean, to some extent you can, but you know, there's always going to be more work. And one thing that you do is not going to suddenly like change the world. You know what I mean? So spending so much time stressing about it is actually just putting more pressure on yourself and Making yourself go crazy basically because you're trying to control things that cannot be controlled. The only thing that can be controlled is obviously your mindset, how you show up to your job, what you do. And as long as you feel like you're doing the best that you can, then it makes no difference whether you stress out about these things you can't control or not. If anything, it just makes. It worse because your mental health is worse and then you don't show up to work as your best self and then you don't do high quality work and there's a whole domino effect there. But something I've been really just trying to focus on is not letting myself go crazy because of these factors that are outside of my control. And a lot of times when I'm talking about, you know, how my thoughts are always on work, it's not on things that are in my control. It's on all of these things that are up to other people or all of these things that I can't really do anything about right now. And trying to get real with myself and ask myself like, okay, what are these thoughts really about? And are they actually serving me? Like asking those questions has been really helpful for me to not feel so controlled by work thoughts 24 seven. 7 And I think it's crazy how simply shifting your mindset and getting out of thinking about work all the time can actually in itself enable you to have so much more work-life balance. And that's where I want to get into kind of the part two of this, which is actually creating work-life balance in what you do. This is the part that I think we all hear the most about when people talk about work-life balance. It's like, okay, what are you doing with your time outside of work? And I think a lot of it goes over our heads because we're just so used to hearing it. It's like we don't even pay attention to it anymore when people talk about it. We're just like, okay, yeah, I know. I need to have hobbies, okay? Like, stop yelling at me. Um, (laughs) I know people aren't yelling about it. They're trying to be supportive. But it just, it always feels like a personal attack because I know that I could always be doing better at having work-life balance and then to have people being like, yeah, you need to find hobbies. You need to take time to invest in your interests and passions. And I'm over here like, I don't even know what my interests and passions are. I don't feel like I have the energy to invest in those interests and passions. And yet I know I don't want to be working or thinking about work all day. Like, what do I do? So this is all coming from someone who, (laughs) let me just tell you, I have been, one, Who has been asked to talk about work life balance many times, or who has been asked for tips on work life balance, and who has been like praised on constantly having things going on outside of work and constantly being busy with a bunch of things outside of work. And did you hear what I just was saying? Like, I too struggle with feeling like I don't have enough going on outside of work, or I don't have the right things going on outside of work. That actually align with what I want to be doing, and you know I struggle with all of the same things that everyone else does, and yet on the surface it may look like I have this wonderful work-life balance <laughs> filled with things that I enjoy, and I definitely uh, I do not. So I want to emphasize that first of all, like I don't have it all figured out in terms of what I'm doing with my time outside of work either, and. Of course, I've found a lot of things that I really enjoy that help me out, that help my mental health, physical health, everything in between, you know, that help me make those genuine gains, but it is a constant learning process. Um, I think getting back to one of the points I made a bit ago a lot of my struggles that come from the mindset piece and constantly thinking about work actually make it harder for me to do things that I enjoy outside of work because I constantly feel exhausted and burnt out. And not just from the work that I'm doing, because like I said, my work isn't like overly challenging. It's the feeling of burnout because I am thinking about it so much. I'm stressing about it so much. That's a sure cause for feeling exhausted, and it doesn't matter, like, what else I want to do with my time after work, if I'm feeling that exhaustion, it's really hard for me to find motivation to do the things that I know will make me feel better and create that balance, so that's why I'm really working on the mental piece more than anything, but I just wanted to put that out there. Like, that's one thing I struggle with when it comes to finding things to do outside of work. It's like feeling too exhausted to do it. Uh, Another thing that has created some challenge for me in finding things to do outside of work is living alone. I have lived alone for a while. I mean, since I graduated, I've lived alone, and I wouldn't have it any other way. I really do like it. I feel Like, I've always been pretty independent, but obviously living alone, it requires a new kind of independence, and I really enjoy it. I don't mind doing things alone. I do most things alone in my life, to be honest with you, and I've become comfortable with that, but even when I do things alone and live alone, I've found it to be even that much harder to get your mindset right to do things because you are... Constantly alone with your thoughts. Whether you are sitting on your couch thinking about work or you're out and about doing something by yourself, like the fact remains that you're alone. And that just gives way to more distraction. It makes it more tempting for you to focus on work rather than your life. And there's not necessarily another person always there to distract you or to keep you talking about things or to go do things with you and create that natural distraction. And that has definitely been a challenge for me, even though I love living alone. Like that is the downside is that you literally are always alone with your thoughts and have that temptation to think about work maybe more than someone who doesn't live alone. So that's kind of another point that I just thought about um, that I think makes it difficult for me. But I want to shift away from all of my issues and instead kind of shift toward what I'm doing about them and how I have been able to cultivate some sense of work-life balance, even in the times of, of struggle. I just had to pause that because I started going off on a rant and needed to edit it out. <laughs> and I just realized how depressing I'm sounding. Like, you know, this is how I've cultivated work-life balance, even in my times of struggle. Like, come on, Meredith, you're so dramatic. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I just have to laugh at myself sometimes. Thanks for dealing with it and for still listening getting into the things that have actually helped me, (laughs) because we are turning this around and making this more positive, okay? I will say that I'm proud of myself for implementing habits really throughout the past several years into my life that make coming back to a work-life balance a little bit easier when things get hard. I'm not going to say struggles. Okay, (laughs) let's move forward. I definitely would say that the one tip that has helped me in finding things outside of work is to look for things that I can do consistently, but not obsessively. And this takes a lot of practice because there are many things in my life that I have gone through periods of feeling obsessive over. And I felt like if I don't do something every single day or if I don't do it perfectly, Or if I don't do it to this level, then I should just not do it at all. It's not worth it. I'm not good enough, blah, blah, blah. So it is a process. But once you get to that point of being able to look at the things you're doing in your life with a healthy sense of consistency, it becomes so much more exciting to have them in your life. Now, I know I'm being very vague, but let me just share working out as an example, because we all know this podcast is about both physical and mental health, and working out for me has been something over the years that I have genuinely come back to time and time again to create a sense of balance for myself, to really help my mental health in so many ways, but it used to be something that i viewed in a very obsessive way and it was unhealthy because i didn't actually have any sort of balance when i was viewing my working out as work you know like i couldn't take a day off i didn't care you know how i was feeling or how burnt out i felt or how much i had done that day at work like i just had to go no matter what and get the workout in and that obviously takes away any form of enjoyment it makes it feel like more work and like I said takes away all of that balance that you're trying to find in this whole work life balance concept. So I I did realize that after a while and you know if you're in that situation, maybe not with working out but maybe with something else in your life, like I would really encourage you to take an inventory of what you're actually doing with your time outside of work. And look at your relationship with it and be honest with yourself because I wasn't honest with myself for a long time about working out. I thought that it was like so strong of me to be viewing my workouts with such discipline and like I was just going above and beyond and doing what all the fitness influencers tell me to do, which by the way, oh my God, I need to do a whole episode about fitness influencers on social media because I cannot with some of the content out there these days, there are way too many expectations that these people are placing on us that are just, this is why we have problems of being overly obsessive with exercise or like feeling no motivation to exercise because it's like, okay, how am I supposed to do this if the only way I can get results is by like, working out seven days a week, eating 300 grams of protein a day, like doing exercises in this specific way, blah, blah, blah. Like, I can't. Um, that's so not true. And anyway, I need to stop myself, uh, because I already went on a rant that I had to edit out. So I don't want to do that again. But basically what I'm trying to say here is that, we we already live in a world that makes viewing things without an obsessive mindset very difficult. But I think it is possible to get to the place where you can view your habits and your hobbies as really what they are. Hobbies, like fun things that you enjoy, that you can be consistent with, but that you don't have to obsess over. When I started kind of viewing my workouts as things that were going to benefit my mental health, but were not things that I had to like be 100% regimented on all the time. I actually got more motivation to work out. and my workouts became better. And sure enough, like I'm still over here getting some form of movement in every single day because I enjoy it so much. It's not because I'm forcing myself to, but it's because I'm viewing it in a healthy way like, I really want to do this. This really makes me feel my best. So I'm naturally gonna do it more. But I also allow myself the grace to take a day off if I need to, if I'm not feeling well or if I'm just truly like not in the right space to work out in any capacity. Like I can allow myself the grace to not do that all the time, you know? And I think just knowing that I allow myself to have a little bit of wiggle room with it is what keeps me motivated and keeps it fun and a hobby and not work so even even now like I'll just be honest with you it has been (laughs) my relationship with exercise has been tested lately because I started officially training for my marathon I guess it's been a month or two now that I've been like really full force and training for a marathon is something that can very easily get you into the burnout territory, okay? Because, like, I'm following this training plan, and I could have followed others that would have had me running more, but I'm running, like, four days a week. One day a week is a really long run. Three days a week are, you know, shorter runs, which are still, like, four or five miles, and, you know, still not, like, super short, and it's a lot on your body, and It's like, okay, I have to be really careful because I do not want this to get me into that obsessive territory. But even with that, I've been viewing it as fun. I've been viewing it as something that can be flexible. And I think it also helps that I have given myself a lot of time to train for it because, well, a lot for me. The race is uh, in about three months, it's in February. So I still have quite a bit of time to you know, get myself ready, which I think is also good because if I was trying to cram this in in like a month, there's no way that I would have a healthy relationship with it. So I think setting my realistic expectations and just also allowing myself that consistency, but also grace, like that whole mix is what's really helping me. And again, that's just one example in my life of something I incorporate outside of work that I've been able to find a healthy relationship with. There are many other things in life that I am struggling to find a healthy relationship with, but, you know, that's an area that I feel good about. Another one that I feel good about right now is um, making dinner for myself. I know that's like a very basic thing, but it is very easy when you are mentally exhausted from work, As I'm sure many of you know, it's easy to just not wanna make dinner for yourself and to just like eat out, to just do something super easy, but maybe not like the best for you. And I've struggled a lot with that too. I need to stop using that word, but here we are. Point is, I've gotten to a healthier place with being able to actually make nice dinners for myself at night not things that take hours and hours but just things that are like okay I can actually cook some chicken and vegetables right now I'm not going to just have a tortilla you know what I mean <laughs> like I'm I, I'm trying every now and then we need a girl dinner but for the most part I'm trying to actually make good dinners for myself which always makes me feel better mentally but also obviously physically I definitely don't do it every night. I do it probably three or four nights a week. And see, that's what I mean by finding these habits and activities that are consistent, but not obsessive. Because I know if I pushed myself to be making a new dinner every single night, I would have no motivation to do that. And it would, again, feel like work. But because I give myself that grace and that balance of knowing not every night I'm going to feel up to cooking, but some nights I can push myself to, like, that That creates a good sense of balance for me, and when I get to cooking, I realize it's actually pretty fun. I enjoy it. It's good stress relief, so that's another one. Um, even just, like, this writing challenge I'm doing this month, I think I have spoken about it a bit on here, but I'm trying to write 50,000 words by the end of November. It is genuinely just for fun okay like I promise I'm not I'm not out here trying to sell my next novel like if I finish it and it's good and I like it and want to sell it then great but again I'm not putting that pressure on myself writing has just been something I've always really enjoyed and I've really gotten away from doing it for fun and so I wanted to get back to it and it's a fun hobby that I can come to like every day now if I'm trying to you know get this goal met by the end of the month. I'm like, okay, I need to be pretty consistent. But again, not obsessive, just consistent enough where, you know, it it gives me some good discipline to get out of my head with work, but also allows me some flexibility to do other things with my time. So those are just a few examples of ways that I'm trying to incorporate work-life balance, but it really doesn't matter what I'm doing. It matters what you're doing and what works for you. And so Maybe some of those things kind of triggered your mind and got some thoughts going, but whatever you decide to do with your time to create that balance, I hope that you can just take away the importance of not viewing it in an obsessive manner because that's a surefire way to make it actually feel like work and just completely counteract (laughs) any attempts at work-life balance. I think that what you do combined with how you think is truly the perfect equation to creating that work-life balance and maybe perfect is the wrong word because in my experience, it never has been perfect. Some days are better than others, but there's always going to be some sense of things being out of alignment, whether it's too much work, too much life, too much of one thing and not enough of another. Like there's always going to be something, But I think the more mindful we can be of this concept and what it really encompasses, aka the thoughts as well as the actions, it'll really just help us make sure that we're doing everything in our power to live a happy, healthy life, freed from always working or thinking about work. And that's definitely what I'm trying to do. So, (sighs) This is cardio, man. I don't know how people do this. It's crazy. I've been I've been doing this for a while, but podcasting is it's a different kind of sport. Like I feel like I can usually speak sentences without having to take a deep breath in between each one, but something about talking into a microphone gets you gets you breathing a little bit different, you know what I mean? So um anyway, we're gonna just uh Get into the conclusion of the episode, which again, I do not have a good little song or jingle for. So, if you'd like to send in your applications, please do. My DMs are open. But basically, what I want to say is thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for making it 39 ish minutes. That's pretty impressive. I hope you've gotten something done in this time that feels good to you. Maybe it's, you know, you're, maybe you're working. I really hope you're not working while listening to a work-life balance episode, but you do you. Maybe you are uh, traveling. Maybe you are doing your skincare routine or making dinner. I just hope that you're doing something for yourself. And if you are not doing something for yourself right now, I hope you do something for yourself after this episode concludes. Okay. And, uh, that's about all I have to say. So this episode is concluded and I will talk to all of you whenever I talk to you next. Thanks for listening. Bye.